Hi there, welcome to Active Intelligence. I'm Aaron Ironside. I hope you'll join me for the next half an hour or so as we take a look at issues that often are controversial in 2021. Certainly the offer is some balance rather than bias. You're going to hear some points of view that you don't normally get access to in the mainstream. The mainstream media seems to have it in for Christians, for example. Certainly many Christians feel like they are under the spotlight and not in a nice way. We'll take a look today at Faith in the Spotlight on Active Intelligence. On today's program, I caught up with Clint Randall. He's part of the breakfast team on the nationwide radio program on the very popular radio channel, The Edge. And so he knows what it's like to have faith and be in the public arena and to experience that special kind of attention that being known as a Christian brings. For me, my time in a high profile radio job happened before faith was a part of my life. So I never had to cope with the unique pressures that Clint finds himself facing in 2021. Christians get all kinds of experiences in the public arena. Sometimes being a Christian seems to be something that's almost celebrated. Certainly you get a free pass if you're someone like Brooke Fraser, for example. The very talented musician feels very comfortable and very free to express her Christian story in the mainstream. Um, I didn't grow up in um, a household of faith. Um, but from when I was a really little girl, I would find myself daydreaming about God, thinking about Him, um, hoping that He... I remember I have vivid memories of being in the playground at recess and uh, looking at the sky and the clouds and the trees and, um, and thinking about God and hoping He was having a nice day. So um, I've always kind of been a little kind of introspective and philosophical and wanting to know the whys behind everything. Why I was on earth, why we were on earth, what was the significance of being alive and being human? Those questions and their dissatisfaction and the symptoms of that dissatisfaction kind of, I guess, led to a tipping point um, where I ended up uh, coming to faith in Christ alone in my bedroom, uh, not realizing that that was what becoming a Christian was because no one had ever explained to me I didn't understand um, and but then kind of after a few months of uh, voraciously reading this Bible I had fallen in love with and um, and praying to this person of Jesus Christ I I thought well I think I need to start going to church so my mum would drive me to the local Salvation Army drop me off at the start of service be waiting to pick me up at the end and um, that was the beginning of my journey. So that's Brooke Fraser explaining how it is that Faith entered her life and she seems to get pretty much a free pass. I can't find any real examples of her being heavily criticised, perhaps or rather chuffed that she's won a Grammy Award, even if it was for a Christian worship song. Of course, there are others in the public face who don't want to really declare their hand when it comes to faith, who'd prefer for faith to remain private even though their life is in the public. Very popular psychologist and commentator Jordan Peterson, for example, from Canada, he seems rather edgy and itchy if you try to press him on where exactly he is on his faith journey. I would say, and I have said this before, that I 
act as if God exists and that I'm terrified that he might. <laughs> and, but I don't consider myself an authority on metaphysical issues and I don't believe that my belief in God is, it's not something that seems to me to be fit for, there's something wrong, there's something wrong that I can't put my finger on, 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 on triumphantly declaiming my belief in one manner or another. And so it's something that I prefer to leave in the manner that I've left it. So I act as if God exists. I try to do my best as a person who's obsessed with religious matters. But I'm not willing to place myself conveniently in a box. So Jordan Peterson He's kind of uncomfortable about being known as a Christian and would prefer to describe himself as deeply religious, meaning he often thinks about religious things, but he's not willing to put his flag in the sand on the issue. And I don't really blame him because of the kind of pressure that comes for those who are willing to take a public stand. Well, we know about Israel Folau as a Christian footballer in this part of the world, but let's go to the US and talk about NFL quarterback Tim Tebow. He was the one who famously put John 3.16 in the uh, special makeup underneath his eyes to remove the glare during the game. Well, the glare was on him for being so well known as a Christian. And as a result, of course, it means he's open to criticism. So when he accepts an invitation to go and speak at a church, the gay community, well, they want him to decline. Gay rights advocates are asking him to call it off. It's almost like endorsing what that church teaches, which is, in my mind, hate. First Baptist pastor Robert Jeffers is known for his sermons speaking out against homosexuality. This is not about bashing homosexuals. There's now a petition circulating and the gay press is asking Tebow to cancel. If he comes here and speaks, he will be uh, tacitly endorsing hate. So there's that special kind of pressure that comes if you're a, a public Christian. It's assumed that you think and, and believe certain things. And certainly if you go and speak at a church that does, well, that's going to incur a certain kind of wrath. And it's fascinating in the US to see who will come out in defense of a Tim Tebow, particularly when it's someone who's not a Christian and not known for living any kind of greatly moral life. Gene Simmons from the rock band Kiss. All those pundits and the people in the peanut gallery who pick on him because he's an avowed Christian and proud of it is the heinous thing of all sports reporting and journalism because here's a guy that believes in his God mm -hmm. and people pick on him if he was a Jew or a Muslim and you did that people would never dare but for some reason if he's a Christian you're allowed to pick on him. Well, so I, I think is the height of lunacy yep. and those journalists should be held accountable. They, they're never going to pick on a guy who tortures dogs or is, is commit, you know, perhaps going to jail for murder. But if he believes in Christ, his Lord, then he's open season. It's like, what country are we living in? Gene Simmons, of course, treating this mostly as a freedom of speech issue, uh, but also noting that the mainstream media are particularly critical of those who would dare to put their faith front and center as part of their public personality. But because the U.S. is such a highly churched culture, 
this next clip made me chuckle as some sporting commentators almost tripped all over themselves, trying on the one hand to affirm Tim's faith, their own faith, but also want to reserve the right to critique him uh, as a footballer, because one of the commentators had said that he really did believe that Tim Tebow had divine guidance, because he didn't have the skill to explain why things were going so well on the football field. I mean, check out this clip. Only thing I worry about with that is that I don't want people to think that just because you're against him, you're against his faith. And some, and, and that's, it's that's become, a, it has that's become a divisive true. issue right. too. That's no. not true. Like if you don't like Tebow, then you're not a Christian. Right. That's ridiculous. I share Tim Tebow's faith. You so, don't hear me bring that up, as right. you pointed out. But I do think his faith gives him a little competitive edge. Okay. And I do think his faith in his deep and genuine belief in his faith does inspire others on his football team on the football field during the fourth quarter of those games. But I must tell you, my friend Stephen A. Smith, I resent your notion, your sort of Old Testament notion. You brought up the Ten Commandments yesterday. Sure. Yul Brenner. That, that God parted the Red Sea and said, let there be Tebow, mm -hmm. because I don't believe that's happening. Tim Tebow has said repeatedly, God doesn't pick winners and losers in football games. Mm -hmm. Now, maybe he does, maybe he works in mysterious ways, because I've thought a lot about it here lately, like, well, could he? Maybe he does, and I have no idea. Who am I to judge that or to, to, to know that? Mm -hmm. But I don't believe he does. And I believe you're using that as yet another excuse, yet another, an, another way to, to justify your position to discredit Tim Tebow, mm -hmm. because I don't think he gets enough credit <clears throat> especially from you, mm -hmm. as an athlete. Okay. I think he has high athletic ability. I think he has more skill than you give him credit May for. Directly, it's not just will. There's some skill I involved. Need to, I need to directly mm -hmm. respond to what you just said, because as far as I'm concerned, that's as serious as it gets. Mm -hmm. Let me be very, very clear. When I'm getting on somebody, I don't bring religion mm -hmm. into the equation, and I would never do that to any human being. I'm a Christian man. But you man. did. Let me finish. I'm a Christian man. I'm a God-fearing mm -hmm. individual, just like you are. Just because we don't wear it on our sleeve on a set of first take doesn't mean that we don't feel that way. Fair enough. What I am saying to you is that as you look at him, I think he is so limited as an NFL quarterback that I point to the fact that when I see what I saw this past Sunday and when I see what I saw over the course of the eight games that he started, the way he played against Miami and how everything suddenly fell apart as everything was going together, yeah. you are seeing unconventional things happen in a conventional game when this man is on the field. So I brought that up to juxtapose that to everything that we have come to see over the course of decades in the NFL, and I challenge it from that perspective. Okay. I right. am not disrespecting him. I am not playing with anybody's religious beliefs. I take that very, very seriously, mm -hmm. and I would never disrespect him like that, but I repeat what I said, and I'm going to end it right here. There is nothing that I have seen from him outside of this past Sunday in the fourth okay. quarter that has lent me to believe that this boy is remotely okay. right. a starting quarterback in the NFL. I said it before, I'm saying it now, and I'll okay. continue to say it until I see something different. Well, one thing from a player's standpoint, as far as being a Christian in the locker room and the leadership, I've been through all that. I, I understand all that. Um, I don't think it's important to say where I stand on that. Um, as far as him having an advantage, um, being a disciplined Christian, he should have an advantage as far as the way he's going to treat yeah. his body, the way yep. he's going to treat his teammates, mm -hmm. the way he's going to treat his job, the way he's going to treat fans, kids, his image and everything. All those things, they should lead to him being a great football player. But this is about skill, man. Mm -hmm.
Yeah, it's a real minefield in America. You can see how the producers of that program were walking such a fine line. Let's not offend the Christians, but then let's remember that the culture is kind of turning against the Christian community. It's difficult to be a Christian in the public eye. You have the scrutiny of the world. What kind of Christian are you? What do you really believe about controversial things? What kind of person are you? And of course, in the sense we know, perhaps kind of almost gleefully waiting for you to trip up, make a mistake and be exposed as some kind of bigot or hypocrite. On the other, of course, there's the pressure that comes from the scrutiny being applied by the church. You know, are you going to be a good ambassador for the faith? Will you be able to speak up on issues that are important? Will you be our voice in a world where we feel that we have no voice anymore? Well, Clint Randall is part of The Breakfast Show on the Edge radio program, and he knows firsthand what it's like to be someone whose faith is known to be part of their private and public life. And I asked him whether faith had always been part of his story. No, I mean, I don't think I ever grew up in a like Christian household, but my mum and dad would be like open to doing grace and say maybe praying and stuff and I think if you asked my mum back then when I was younger and especially now if you believe that there's a God and that um, and believe in creation she would say yes um, but I actually became a Christian when I was um, 18 so we just finished school and was sort of looking to see what I was going to do uh, with my life going forward into uni and stuff when people come to faith at that age, often part and parcel of the experience is a lot of rhetoric around really making a difference with your life, an impact into the world. So when you thought about your aspirations as a performer, as a singer, and then latterly as a broadcaster, were they connected to your faith? Were you thinking, this is my chance to make a mark as a Christian? No, I mean, well, for me, it was all, uh, I always thought... It seemed like people who became Christian later in life were searching for something. Like they were missing something in their life. Whereas I was quite privileged in the way that I was brought up and I wasn't really searching for anything. Life was pretty good. I just finished school and I ended up going to this like place where we go all the time and we're going this year for Christmas up to the Kiwi Lakes. And there was like an outreach group there. And um, they were talking to me, every, bless this one guy, five days of questions every night I came back and he was like, oh, this guy's back again, probably. And eventually he was like, let's just pray that God would reveal himself to you in a way you would understand and not that you're becoming Christian. Don't freak out. It's fine. So I was like, okay, I'm down with that. If he wants to show up and I can't explain this, you know, this God that's showing up in my life being cool. And I went out on the, the wakeboard and a very long story short was just that I came off pretty bad and had my neck in like a makeshift brace um, and wasn't able to move it without it, you know, feeling pretty bad. And I was like, that's me done for the for the holidays on the water. And then I was just watching somebody else ski while I was just sitting in the boat, keeping the neck straight. And then I just thought, oh, we'll try this praying thing. So I did this praying thing and asking if God's real, he should be able to heal me according to what I've been told. And then I started moving it around in this like makeshift brace thing and I was like no and I pulled it off and I started thrashing it around and I was a little bit freaked out to be honest and I raced back to the tent and I find this guy his name was Russell and I'm like yo and he wasn't even that worried he wasn't even as shocked as I was because obviously he had had a faith for a long time I was like yeah I told you (laughs) I was like all right man let's do this so I think I got really excited about having a faith in the beginning and wanting to share it with everybody but I didn't necessarily think that that would take me 
to a place that effectively started my broadcasting career working for a Christian radio station. Well, of course, your journey into celebrity started a little bit before that uh, as a New Zealand Idol contestant. Uh, tell me about your journey as a performer. Have you always had a mic in your hand? Have you always been in the spotlight? No, I mean... Yeah, so so the New Zealand Idol thing, uh, the year that I ended up making it, so I was 21, I'm 36 now, so 15 years ago, it was like I'd already auditioned to go on New Zealand Idol probably two years prior and had missed out on both times. And then I, the third season of New Zealand Idol, I was like, I'll give it one more go, and then if I don't get through, I'm going to take the hunt. And then the weird thing was, is as I started to go through, I was like so shy that I wouldn't even let my family listened to my auditions for the song I was going to go up on stage and perform in front of however many people and I'd make them sit on the couch with like blankets and cushions over their face so I couldn't see their expression to see if they loved it or hated it um, and it probably was considering now the area that I'm in it was probably like a trial by fire never having done anything like that before to being on the stage and singing in front of thousands of people and doing a very vulnerable thing as well like singing if that's not something you've ever done professionally so and then by chance one of the judges on the show was a radio DJ shock jock um, on ZM at the time Ian Stables and um, I got a contact through him I was studying radio at the time so I started doing some promo and stuff and that sort of what really pushed me into this um, this area, I suppose, of getting into broadcasting. Well, as you mentioned earlier, part of that broadcasting career was in Christian radio. So no kind of escaping the fact that your faith and your profile are now sort of joined at the hip. When you remember those first experiences of being on Life FM and suddenly you were being known as a Christian, what was that like? Um, it's tricky because... Yeah, I feel like I had to try and be this like poster boy Christian for people who might have been tuning in who are relatively new to Life FM and are kind of sampling what Christians might be like. And it was, I was relatively new as a Christian myself. And also yeah, the responsibility of trying to be that person for everybody that listened was kind of overwhelming for me. And, and I actually remember when I like, left i remember getting a smack on the hand a couple of times with him being like you can't say that it's christian radio i'm like oh really oh okay and and no one christian is is the same as the next right so what one person finds is funny or appropriate for christian radio someone else is going to find really offensive and you shouldn't be saying that so it's, you, it's really hard trying to find a way to impress and please everybody and I do remember when I left Christian Radio and I actually was uh, working on a, a very different show and what I was allowed to do, it felt like all of a sudden the, the I guess the, the paddock that I was allowed to run around and have fun in all of a sudden was so much bigger in terms of what I was allowed to do and say. I remember somebody commenting on a video or something I was in saying, oh, can you believe this is the same Christian guy who was on Life FM only a few months ago? And so I really felt like I'd sold out when I left but I think I just realized that I was probably a far more conservative version of myself at life. And then I was a different version of myself on the new station that I'd started at. And I feel like each station allows you to show different parts of your character. But I think, yeah, on Christian radio for me, it was, I was always trying to find my place where I related to people, but I was also like trying to very much be a people pleaser, which I think is just naturally in my like DNA, like wanting people to like me. 
So it's kind of funny, these two worlds. On the one hand, you're celebrated for being a Christian at Life FM, but that means kind of rein yourself in a little bit. In the other environment, your faith isn't necessarily something celebrated, but you get to feel like you're more free to be you. When you think about this kind of pressure to be more or less Christian, I mean, how did you navigate this kind of two different worlds? One wanted you to be more Christian and the other perhaps less. Yeah, you're right. Because then when you go into like a like a mainstream network radio station, they don't want you wiping on about how you became a Christian or what you believe in and whatever. I mean, I think on radio, they say there are two things you don't talk about, and that's uh, politics and religion, you know, because they fire people up and they divide people so much. And they can decide that they used to love you, but then all of a sudden now they don't because they disagree with your your faith, you know. So... It, it was an interesting one where I felt like when I was given an opportunity, I felt this responsibility to try and like get one in for Jesus as quickly as I could and as simply as I could, but just leave people with something to go, huh, and leave them thinking. And I think it was when finally my uh, wife's granddad, who's um, been brought up in the church his entire life, I thought he would be the person that would come down on me and be like, you've been put in this place to be a light and to, you know, whatever. But instead, he said the complete opposite. He's like, it's not your responsibility to like bring them to the Lord. He's like, it's just your responsibility to just be you. And through being you, hopefully people will be able to see that there's something different. They want to find out more and then they go on their own journey and that's up to them and God. So it was like, oh, okay, so I don't need to try and like save everybody, you know? And I think that for me was also hard to... It was sort of hard to wrestle with in the fact that we were doing a lot of things um, on the station I'm now at on the edge that was edgy, you know, that's the name of the show. And so I think in the first first few months of being on that show, there was a restaurant that was doing a nude dining experience overseas. And so if you wanted to go to the restaurant, you got naked and you sat down with all the other patrons and whatever. And so I don't know who had the idea, but it's like, oh my gosh, we should do a pop-up one, the first one in New Zealand and Hamilton. So all of a sudden it's like, all right, my, I, I guess my mission is to like be to show I'm a part of this team and I'm not a, uh, a prude and that I can get naked and have fun and whatever. But for some people, that was a very different version of who they might have known me to be on Life of Fame. So I always felt like I wanted to have fun. I wanted to be a part of the team. But I also felt like questioning whether I was being a sellout at times to what well, I just wondered if, if, I guess, Jesus was looking down and going, oh, you've changed, mate. Or if he was like, no, you're all good. Have fun. Christians are allowed to have fun, too. We're allowed to laugh at our own expense sometimes. And I, and I wondered if I justified the line I crossed to be able to keep doing it or whether I was being too hard on myself and I just needed to just have a little bit of fun and, and, and not worry too much about this responsibility that maybe I was just putting on myself. Have you bumped into the line, though? Have you found the request where suddenly you were like, that's just one step too far. That's definitely out of bounds for me. Yeah, I, I mean, I think the longer you're in an environment, the more normal it feels to you so I feel like I probably questioned myself a lot more in the early days especially when you've been at like a Christian radio station for five years and you've been in this new station for like five minutes you probably go oh I don't know about this and then over time you stop questioning yourself but there have been those things that have come up and you're like okay how can I still be a part of this environment and still have fun with it without necessarily endorsing 100% the idea that I'm fully on 
board with this? Because sometimes you don't have to be on board with an idea for it to still be entertaining. Sometimes the most entertaining bits are when someone's all for it and someone's completely against it. And that's what creates the discussion. But I was always worried that if I was against it, that people were going to be like, oh, typical Christian. They're never allowed to have any fun. And I also didn't want Christians to be known for being party poopers. And I think that was something that was always in the back of my mind all the time. Like, don't be the fun police. Don't be the fun police, you know? So... Yeah, I think I've definitely come to those like places before and then gone, how am I going to navigate my way around this? Or what is my role going to be within this promo or within this radio idea that everyone is on board with and I need to be on board with as well, but in my own way, you know? During your time at The Edge, we've navigated things like the Israel Folau episode, where suddenly the things that Christians might believe put out there in the public arena was met with really a lot of venom, animosity. Perhaps we might say it's never been a more difficult time to be a Christian in this country than right now. Christians are not celebrated. What was that like watching another Christian get absolutely roasted in the media? Man, it was it, it was like it's tricky for me because I love the fact that somebody will stand up for whatever it is that they might believe in, whatever that happens to be, right? And that's and, and despite the fact that it may cost them money or a job or whatever, if people are that passionate enough about what they believe that they will die on that hill effectively, right? And I wonder if I'm really passionate or strong enough in my own faith to kind of do the same thing if I come to that, those crossroads. But for me, also the tricky thing was, and there are a lot of Christians that'll probably, maybe not, like I say, not like me, which is, you know, a a big thing because I like to be liked and and sort of part of the profession as well, in a way, um, is that for me, the thing that really drew me to Christianity are the, you know, when when the disciples go to uh, Jesus and they say, look, there's so many rules. Like, what are, what are the big ones? And Jesus says, love people like yourself and uh, love me with all your um, heart, soul, mind and strength and love people like yourself. Felt like for me, uh, that was for me really like cool. If I'm loving people and that everything else falls into place. So when Christians, especially or Israel flowers being thrown under the bus for these, these views, I was kind of like, well, I don't have these same views as, as Israel Folau. And there might be some Christians going, well, you should because you're a Christian and and, you know, and they might pull out some Bible verses. But I'm like, yeah, but I have a faith and I, and I believe that Jesus died for my sins and I love what Christianity represents, that we love everybody. And so I felt like jumping on any sort of bandwagon like that not only alienates people, but also makes them feel awful. It wasn't something that I really wanted to be a part of or that I even signed up for. So there are some people that I caught flack for when that came out because, you know, I had pretty much in a roundabout way said that because it came up going, well, you're a Christian, Clint, is this what you think? Because of course I'm going to get asked on a show where I'm a Christian that this guy is a Christian says this, you're a Christian. So do you also think that? And I, and honestly, I didn't like I was just like, no, I don't think that we should be making people feel like this. And then you get people saying, you know, love the sinner, don't love the sin. And you can get all all caught up in those things. And so for me, it was just something that I copped a bit of flack for, for, for being lukewarm, effectively, from a lot of Christians saying, you're kind of like picking the bits you like and getting rid of the bits you don't. And I was like, no, I just want to be part of a faith that I'm proud of being a part of that loves everybody and sometimes I think we complicate it and going you're not doing this right and you're not doing that right it's like, no, none of us are doing any of it right that's the point right that's why Jesus died for us so 
it is tricky when you have to like stand up for something and that something isn't something that the majority agree with. Um, and especially if you're a Christian and you also don't agree with that thing that that Christian's saying. So yeah, that, that was a bit of a rough one where I copped a bit of flack from Christians being like, you know, you're not, you know, you're not waving the Christian flag properly. But then again, like I said, I wave it differently to somebody else and they're going to wave it differently to you and you wave it differently to the next person. I got a feel for Clint because in this case, it wasn't being criticized by the mainstream media that was the problem, but by his own faith community that said that he wasn't somehow enough of a Christian, that he should have been speaking up on controversial topics, that he should have been much more uh, like them, really, more fundamental, more evangelical in his perspective. And I feel for people who have a faith in the public space right now because the pressure is coming from both sides. So let's try and undo a little bit of that pressure. Firstly, from the church. Hey, let's remember that if you happen to be famous and a Christian, that doesn't mean that you're a mature and experienced and knowledgeable Christian. It doesn't mean that you necessarily have come to understand or agree with everything that Christians value and believe yet. And it certainly doesn't mean that you're a spokesperson for the faith. No, you speak for yourself. Clint's an entertainer. He's not a pastor. He's not a church leader. He's not speaking on behalf of Christians when he speaks. He speaks on behalf of himself. And in a sense, we just have to live with the fact that he can only express the faith he does have, not the faith we wish he had or would like him to have. We just ask him to be honest, to be transparent, to be vulnerable, to be authentic. I think that's a good starting point because we could understand a certain kind of pressure either to dial up or dial down certain beliefs or attitudes in order to please others. Surely we want our Christian famous people, our faith famous people, no matter what kind of faith it is, just to be authentic, to feel that it's okay to be honest about where you're up to, what you think and what you believe. Of course, in many respects, what he thinks and believes about controversial topics is irrelevant. He's an entertainer. He's not a politician. He's not a, a lobbyist. Does it really even matter? And with respect to the scrutiny, of course, that he experiences potentially from the mainstream media, can I say to those who find themselves in those positions to play fair, to not try and catch Christians out, Look, it's tough enough to have a faith. It's tough enough to make sense of the world and to live according to your values. No matter what those values are, every human being is struggling to live out their values perfectly. And if someone isn't being put forward as an ambassador of the faith, if they're not a spokesperson for a group or for a church, don't make them one against their will. That's not fair. That's not where they're up to. And that's not why they're famous. Faith in the spotlight can make us squirm. And I think if we're really going to follow through this cultural value of tolerance, surely that includes tolerating the fact that we're all on our own journey. And if our journey includes faith, then we are believing and learning and growing on our own special, unique story. And we don't need to impose pressure, good, bad or otherwise on anybody. 
Have you been put under special pressure because you're a Christian? Has that pressure appeared at work where you've been asked to do something uh, that really cuts across your values? How did you cope with that? Love to hear from you. You can get in touch at the website activeintelligence.nz. Of course, you can subscribe as well. I'd love for you to do that. That way we'll send you uh, every episode of the podcast direct into your inbox. Make sure you share this podcast with someone. We'll catch you next time on Active Intelligence.